This morning, I'm gonna give you just three quick hints. You might say suggestions, but we're gonna call them hints. Hints on how to develop a never quit spiritual attitude. 2 Samuel 23, starting in verse nine. And these, these stories that I'm about to read, I'm sorry. These, these are about David's mighty men. These are David's warriors. So these three guys that I'm gonna talk about, these, these were three of David's close warriors. So listen to the stories. In verse nine, and after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo. He's already in trouble, right? <laughs> the son of Dodo, the Ahoite. One of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there to battle and the men of Israel had withdrawn. The men of Israel had withdrawn. You understand what's going on, right? Everybody's left him. He's there by himself. He arose and struck the Philistines until his hand was weary and clung to the sword and the Lord brought a great victory that day. So here's hint number one, cling to your sword. Cling to the sword. Ephesians 6, 17 says, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God. Hebrews 4, 12 says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Cling to the sword. When you're the child of a dodo, cling to the sword. Okay, we didn't all have the greatest upbringing, right? I don't want my, don't, if my kids are pointing at me, you are so in trouble. We didn't all have the greatest upbringing. We didn't all have the, the, the rich family that provided everything that we thought that we needed. We didn't all have the most, the most loving father or the, the mother that made the cookies for everybody. We may have had a terrible upbringing. But guess what? We can cling to the sword. Because our past does not determine who we are. What we've gone through in life does not determine who we are. Only God is allowed to speak into who we are. Not our past, not our circumstances, not what's happened good, not what's happened bad. Only God. Amen. Only God. So when you're the child of a dodo, cling to the sword. When others desert you, cling to the sword. Have you ever felt absolutely alone? Have you ever felt like everybody that should have been there? It said all the rest of the army, the men of Israel, back in those days, if you were a man, if you could hold a sword, you were in the army. So when they went out to battle, they gathered up everybody. But it said the men of Israel had withdrawn. You ever been out, out there, out on a limb? You feel like God has spoken to you? You're moving somewhere, you're doing something, and you turn around and everybody's gone. Everybody's deserted you. In those moments, you cling to your sword. Anybody have one of those friends that, that, that caused trouble for you? I can remember a situation in my life that's actually happened. I was not one that went out looking for fights, didn't get in a lot of fights and all that type of stuff. 
But some friends and I, we were standing up in this parking lot one night, and these guys pulled up, and they were looking for somebody, and they're running their mouth, and they're doing all this, and they realized that the guy that they were looking for was not amongst us, which I was happy. Why is it always the shortest, skinniest guy in the whole group's got the biggest mouth? They're just going to leave. But from behind here comes this, yeah, you better leave. Oh, you've got to be kidding. So a few punches were thrown, a few punches were taken. And you turn around and you're looking for your friend and he's hiding behind the car. It's like, what are you doing? Oh, I went to get a bat. Yeah, I bet you did. I bet you did. In the moment that we needed him, he deserted us. You've ever felt that way in life? I needed you. Guess what? We're human. Sometimes you're going to feel like people have deserted you. You're going to feel like the very people that needed to be there in that moment did not show up and do what they were supposed to do. But in that moment, cling to your sword. Cling to the word of God. Cling to the word of God. When you're weary of battle, cling to your sword. Because in the word of God, in the word of God, it, it, it astounds me at times. And I'm not pointing any fingers, but we're so ignorant of what God has promised us, what God has said to us. But he's given us this. This. In God's word, we see his nature his character, his passion for humans, his plan for good. Let me tell you right now, if in your heart, in your mind, you believe that God has a plan for your destruction, you haven't been reading the Bible. Because the Bible's for good. Our God is for your good, not for your destruction. He said, I know the plans that I have for you, and they're plans for good. That should shut a lot of that up, shouldn't it? I mean, he came right out and said it. They're plans for good. They're not plans for destruction. That's a good place to say amen. amen. It shows us how to be free from bondage, how to be healed from wounds, how to love in the face of hate. It teaches us how to pray, when to pray, and what to pray. It is the ultimate guide to life, joy, peace, and wisdom. There's nothing else like this on the face of the earth. There are a lot of good books out there. Miss Allison Finley wrote one as I'm looking at her. There's a lot of good books out here. But guess what? Reading a good book does not replace reading the book. Listening to podcasts, hey, it's great. I listen to them all the time, but it does not replace getting in the Word, engaging God's Word for yourself. You have to know. You can't live off of Pastor Sam's revelation. It has to be revelation in your heart of what God has spoken. About 20 years ago, I had a dream, and it was so vivid, I can remember every detail of it today. You ever want to know if a dream is from God when you wake up, and days later, months later, years later, you still remember every bit of it? It was probably from God. Yeah. And in this dream, some kind of catastrophe had happened. 
I don't know what it was. It was, it was war. It was natural. I don't know. But all I know is that the house that I was living in had been absolutely destroyed and everything around me had been absolutely destroyed. And the only thing I was concerned about in that dream was I couldn't find my Bible. And I'm digging through the rubble and I'm just weeping because I can't find my Bible. And in the dream, I'm saying, God, I, I haven't hidden it in my heart. I don't know it well enough. I have to have it. I have to have it. And then I found a little pocket New Testament. Remember those old Gideon they used to give us at school? And I found it, and I remember I just treasured it. I held it. And I woke up, and I knew exactly what God was saying. Get in the Word. Get in the Word. And at that time in my life, I didn't really want to be in the Word. I was going through some tough times myself. But I made myself get in the Word. I made myself just one chapter a day. Just one chapter. And I didn't make it every day, but that was the goal. One chapter a day. And here, almost 20 years later, the Lord and I, we spend a lot of time together just fellowshipping in the Word. You've got to cling to the sword. You've got to cling to the sword. I am I, so grateful that God gives us prophetic words that he speaks into our lives and all those type of things. Being led by the Spirit is absolutely wonderful. But being led by the Spirit is not an excuse to be ignorant of God's word. Know the word. Get into the word. Cling to your sword. Back in 2 Samuel 23, verse 11. Now after him was Shema, the son of Agi, a Herite, and the Philistines were gathered into a troop where there was a plot of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines. There they go again. There's a pattern happening here. Guess what? People are going to desert you. It happens. And he took his stand in the midst of the plot defended it and struck the Philistines, and the Lord brought about a great victory. Here's hint number two. Take your stand. Take your stand. Ephesians 6, chapter, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 says, Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm, stand firm. There's sometimes when you said, God, I've done everything. I've prayed, I've been in the word, I've done everything you've asked me to do and it still doesn't seem like the situation is changing. It still doesn't seem like it's turning for my good. And God says, stand still. Just stand your ground. Refuse to move. Be determined to take your stand even when everyone else runs away. What is your plot of lentils? What is your piece of ground? What are you willing to stand and fight for? What is something that is so unnegotiable that I won't move off of it? Family? Healing? How about your calling? How about your destiny? I've seen a lot of people that are called, but as Scripture says, many are called, but few are chosen. 
Why? Because when pressure comes, people pull back. They quit. They walk the other way. It's just too hard. What's non-negotiable? What are you going to stand on no matter what? When you've done everything to stand, what are you going to stand firm on? What are you going to take the word of God to over and over and over and over again? And when the enemy is just speaking into your ear going, it's not working, it's not working, it's not changing, it's not changing. And you're going, I'm standing firm. I'm not moving. I'm not moving. In those moments, sometimes we feel absolutely helpless and alone. But you got to remember, you plus God makes a majority. Refuse to retreat. There was a, a general in World War II, General George Patton, general of the Third Army. <laughs> and when they were in, in Europe, his army moved so fast across Europe that sometimes his, his higher-ups didn't even know where he was or where he was going. And they kept saying, slow down, stop, slow down. And in fact, they said to him, he had gotten so far out that he, he had outpaced his supply line. And they said, you're going to have to stop. You're going to have to pull back. And he made a statement. It's one of the most spiritual statements I've, I've ever heard. He said, I refuse to pay for the same ground twice. In your life, whatever's going on in your life, in your heart, whatever's going on, refuse to pay for the same ground twice. Take your stand, refuse to move. Refuse to move. Here's another example for the nerdier side of the congregation. <laughs> Mostly me. In the fellowship of the ring. <laughs> when Gandalf is facing the demon in the caves of Moria. And he knows if that demon gets past him, guess what? The rest of the fellowship is toast. They're gone. It's over. And he takes that staff and he goes, you shall not pass. That's got to be your heart. Because guess what? Your family's back here. Your kids are back here. What are you willing to stand and say, devil, you can't go any further. You're not moving past me. And I'm not moving. I'm not giving up. Amen. I'm not quitting. Take your stand. Cleave to your sword and take your stand. I'm sorry I'm yelling. <laughs> back in 2 Kings. 2 Kings 23 and verse 20. Then Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, yeah, and I looked that up so I could say it right. <laughs> the son of a valiant man of Kabzeel, who had done mighty deeds, killed the two sons of Ariel of Moab. And he went down and killed a lion in the middle of a pit on a snowy day. Here's hint number three. When you're clinging to your sword and you're standing... Hint number three, you've got to face the lion. You've got to face the lion. You've got to take the word of God into the pit of the mess that Satan wants to trap you in. Notice, he followed the lion into the pit. 
If the, if the lion had gone into the pit, I'm going like, okay, goodbye. He followed the lion into the pit. He went after the lion. And sometimes in life, we've got to face the lion. We've got to face the lion of poverty. We've got to face the lion of racism. We've got to face the lion of doubt. We've got to face the lion of sickness. Face the lion of unforgiveness. The lion of addiction. The lion of your failures. That's a tough one. And the lion of your past. But you know what? All of these lions cannot stand in the face of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Nothing stands before our God. And if you're feeling worn out, if you're feeling tired, go pull out some of those psalms. When it talks about God comes and the mountains melt before him, there is nothing that stands before our God. There is no situation going on in life that stands before our God. And he has ordained for you to walk in freedom, to walk in health, to walk in the place that he desires for a child of God to be. Jesus didn't die just so you could go to heaven. He died so you could have a part of heaven here. Heaven here, right on earth. What's the name of your lion? Are you ready to face that lion? Are you ready to be who God has called you to be? Are you ready to take that sword, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and declare into that situation that this is what God says? And it can only be what God says. Kelly, I cut out way too much of my sermon so we could pray for you. I've got 15 minutes and I'm finished. Let's see if I can make up 15 minutes of stuff real quick. Where are you this morning? What's the lion that's taunting you? What is the lion that says, I've chewed you up before and I'm going to chew you up again? See, 1 Peter chapter 5 says that our enemy, the devil, goes around like a lion seeking who he can devour. He's always on the lookout to chew you up and spit you out. He's relentless, he doesn't quit. So guess what? There has to be inside of us that spirit that says, I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. Why? Because he's already defeated. He knows he's defeated. He knows what Jesus did on the cross. He knows what the resurrection of Jesus meant. 
He knows that, that all authority in heaven and earth had been given to Jesus and then Jesus turned and gave it to the church. He knows that. What he wants to know is, do you know it? Do you know it? Do you know what the word says about you? Do you know who you've been called to be? And I'm, it's not just I've been called to be an apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, or teacher. I've been called to be a child of God. That's the highest calling. So what's the lion taunting you with? What is that lion saying to you this morning? What's he been taunting you with this week, this month, this year? Hey, even this decade. Well, it's time to cling to the sword and take your stand. Would you bow your heads with me?